This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. You're just not got a free shot on all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big lie? MAGA media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, um, Jeff Clark, walk me through um, the leverage that we had, this tremendous leverage we have. Do we really have, and you're going to have guys running around, I got this a committee in a hearing, got this, got this, I'm going to subpoena this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to impeach this. The, the thing that gave you power and leverage was the money, the debts and the money, to keep them on a tight rein or to thwart them. First off, do you believe that this codifies all the madness that's, that the Biden administration has done with the Build Back Better, uh, all the programs they've had in, in the radicalness of their environmental agenda, energy agenda, education agenda. Have we just codified the works of the Biden administration? Yes or no, sir? Yes, for two reasons. One, because it's a total failed and missed opportunity. And second, because, you know, look, as I said, the Trump rule is waiting there on the shelf to just be plucked out and and, uh, put into law, right? And what one of the things that law would have done is it basically would have barred using the NEPA statute uh, to block projects for climate change reasons. That's a, you know, like that was maybe one of the most important things we adopted. And so none of that is in this bill. All of the things then from the Inflation Reduction Act, all of their Green New Deal projects where they're giving away these boondoggles based on this concept of environmental justice, all of that remains. And that's why I agree with you completely, Steve, that the MSNBC people of the world are laughing right now because they got what they want. And it's not an exaggeration to say that this did basically lock in all of the Biden wins. And and some of the major ones obviously were in this whole area of, uh, you know, environmentalism run amok and, and totally tearing down, blocking growth in the national economy. Did the 149 and with following leadership, Kevin McCarthy, did they take away the real leverage that uh, the Republican Party and the Republican, uh, uh, the people that support the Republican Party, the voters of the Republican Party, did they take their leverage away until after, until this mad, the madness of a lame duck after the 2024 election? Do they have any real leverage between now and then? No. I mean, look, Congress has three major powers. They have uh, an oversight power, which I agree with you, they're trying to use as a shiny toy to distract uh, MAGA and populist conservatives. Second, they have the power of the purse. That's the one we're talking about now. That is the vital power. That is a power that I've seen you stress time and again. My uh, boss, Russ Vote at the Center for Renewing America, obviously, is all over that and the master of the details about it. I've seen Cash Patel say the only thing that actually made any progress in terms of oversight was threatening to cut off the money. The money is the thing. The money is where the leverage is. To give up the money is to give up your power. It's to surrender the American people to just endless inflation and to enslave our children and grandchildren in a, in a pool of debt. 
You've been uh, at this a long time. Why would the leadership of the Republican Party, why would they do this so blatantly, so obviously, uh, that the Biden uh, regime is laughing and got everything they want and codified their radical agenda? Why would they do that at the same time come back with not even a very sophisticated tissue of lies? I mean, it's kind of the stupid hour that you can just laugh at and tear apart immediately. Why would they do that? Well, I think there's a there's an internal and an external. I think externally, you're right that they think that the American people are stupid. They think that people who actually believe in traditional America and preserving it, as opposed to what elites on Wall Street or international financial elites or this whole woke complex in academia want, uh, are are simpletons, and that they can easily be fooled by bread and circus kinds of distractions. And then internally, I think they're they're part of the cartel, right? You know, no one generates more money, it seems, than than Kevin McCarthy. And that's because he's allied to, with the very people who are essentially dragging the country out of those traditional moorings, whatever we have left, and into this, uh, you know, woke and, and weaponized era. So it's one thing for him to give a speech. It's another thing for him to actually walk the walk. And you know, seal off the purse strings of uh, the Congress can seal off so that the bureaucracy can't attack us constantly. And and he's not actually delivering on that. You have to conclude at some point that it's because he agrees with the other side. He finds more uh, kinship with Hakeem Jeffries and, and the other Democrats than he does with the Freedom Caucus. Can a Speaker of the House elected by the hard work of this audience bring in doorbells, leaving hangers, working phone banks, uh, doing, you know, um, get out the vote efforts, giving money, giving their time, becoming a force multiplier. Uh, can a, a speaker continue to exist that has to be supported by a significant part of the radical Democratic Party? In, in the political calculus of the modern world, would, does that work? That's a very serious question, Steve. I think that when you ask your audience the question of, you know, quo vadis, where do we go from here? I think they need to be thinking about that. You know, they, they, there, there was a, a time right between uh, January when the twenty really stood up, uh, and and uh, two days ago where you know it looked like uh, Kevin McCarthy was going to step into the shoes of history and really use the opportunity he was given to to move the country uh, back to fiscal sanity. But he didn't take that opportunity, and now I think people need to reevaluate it, both in terms of uh, your audience and uh, populist conservatism across the country more generally. And uh, I think that the the Freedom Caucus and, and others in their growing uh, kind of coalition based on the voting pattern, they need to reevaluate that too. They need think, to think hard about what are the next steps if the, the speaker has taken you in this terrible direction and just given Joe Biden what he wants. Jeff, how do people get to you? What's your social media? So I'm at uh, Jeff Clark US on Getter and Twitter. And today uh, on, on at least Twitter, I'm going to launch a long string with far more details about what's wrong with this permitting uh, stuff and the NEPA so-called fake reforms. Uh, and then I'm also on uh, Real Jeff Clark on Truth Social. And the center is at AmericaRenewing.com, Steve. Yeah, well, we'll get, just get, when you put the uh, the Twitter thread up, get it. We'll push that out hard. Thank you, sir. Sure thing. Let me play. We've put a little compilation here together. Let me let me play this in sequence, and I'll come back and we'll, we'll start the uh, process of where do we go from here.
you that this is just going to become the norm whenever this needs to be raised? Well, that's why the, the starting point in this negotiation, which Speaker McCarthy insisted on, was that we would postpone facing this again at least until the end of next year. And that, to me, is a promise uh, that uh, really con convinced a lot of us that we can move forward and not have this hanging over our heads. All right, Senator Durbin, thank you. What are they saying? They've got a handshake agreement with Joe Biden? I mean, I, I can't believe that. But the, here's, the real, here's the real killer. The, it took the debt ceiling out to the January 1, 2025, a year longer than the Republican bill proposed. Here's a piece of information for your viewers. I just heard it tonight from the speaker in the conference. He said the reason that happened was his call. It wasn't even asked for by the Democrats. He didn't want to end up in another negotiation with Joe Biden next year because he believed that they would ask for more. That's what he said. I, that's, you understand that's a $4 trillion, maybe 5 or $6 trillion increase in debt that we just let him have, and the speaker says he made the call. Deliberate strategy. I've got new reporting this morning that goes behind the scenes about that, how they felt like if the White House feels like they got a really good deal here, but if they were seen gloating or crowing about it, Republicans might lose, they might lose votes. They might be less reluctant, less supportive of it. So they decided to wait. The victory lap will come another day. They feel like this is something important for the country. And this idea of the president being sort of above the fray, being the calm, steady hand, that's a nice contrast against the hysterical Republicans, they say, before 2024. Um, so here's, I think you have to have a number one if you're in a district, and here's how this thing expanded. You had the Magnificent Six back in January that expanded to the 20 that we talk about that stood tall. That went to the 30, and that was roughly the number uh, the other day about the rule. And the rule was the most important vote of everything, right, even taking it to the floor. And that's where you saw immediately what was going to happen here, that, that uh, McCarthy was going to basically deem Hakeem Jeffries – the uh, turn the floor over to the radical Democrats and, and make Hakeem Jeffries majority leader, which he is. Um, and then you had the 73. That was 71. And, of course, you had Banks and Boebert, who registered no's, but somehow, you know, missed the gavel or whatever. But 73 uh, versus 149. And remember, he committed to Jeffries to deliver 150. So people say, oh, it's majority, majority. No, on, on a bill that's as, as historic as this, you got to bring it all. Right, you can't have 149 votes, and have Democrats outvote you because they're glee. They love it. They held back because more would have voted for it because they love it so much, because it codifies it all. Number one of the 149, the accountability project. You have to. If so, first off, you should contact the people that are the 73 and the 30, and give them an attaboy. And if they're part of the the, the voted against the rule, like Ben Klein and others, two attaboys. You stood up. The 149 has to be held accountable. And that held accountable, you've got to go in and say, don't give me the spin, don't give me the tissue lies, it's all nonsense. I need to know why you supported when McCarthy told you that it wasn't a, it wasn't a Democratic demand. Think about this for a second. It is so outrageous that the Democrats weren't even going to bring it up. The Democrats didn't bring it up. As, as you heard Durbin there, McCarthy insisted that the speaker insisted that we not go through this again. The speaker insisted. And Dan Bishop from North Carolina, 
said the speaker came to the conference and said uh, he wanted to do it. Now, we had yesterday said uh, one of the congressmen said because he said we'll be weaker next May. Dan Bishop said, well, they're going to come back and ask for more, but I want to get it all off the table now. That was speaker. It was the speak. It was speaker driven. Not just the duration, but to take off the cap. Why would you why in what universe would you take off the cap? In what universe would you take off the cap? In what universe would you take off the one point four trillion dollar cap in the first year? It is completely illogical if you look at it from a point of view of MAGA or the conservative base or just common sense. Why would you do that? You would do that if you're essentially working for the other team. The 149 are the donor party. The 73 are the MAGA or the populist nationalists or the new Republican Party. That's the, the, Now we've seen the, 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 the basic formation of it. This is the most important vote of the 118th Congress, and they're going to throw tons of shiny toys out there. And listen, I understand it, that this is hard stuff. And if you want to go chase a shiny toy, go do it. If you want to take your shiny tour for a couple of weeks and come back, do that too. These are important shiny toys. You know, the J6 tapes, very important. The situation with Ray, the Biden, Biden crime family, very important. But you got to ask yourself the following. You know, we can't get to Ben Burkwam today. I'd love to get to Ben Burkwam. He's down the border. because the, 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 Any of the, the key things of taking out anything or adding in any scintilla of border security or stopping the invasion of the southern border or stopping the madness in our schools or stopping the madness with this transgender ideology or stopping the madness uh, with uh, with Ukraine or, or st- anywhere, anything, energy, all of it. They gave you permitting, and, and Jeff Clark just showed you it's a, that's a joke. The need for it's a joke. It's just, it's just performative in optics. To make you sit there and just watch Fox News and say, yeah, let me send him another check. This is great. We got a transformative historic cut. Why would you, you got to ask, you got to answer, don't, I said, I don't want you to talk to anything about the bill. You got to answer the following. Why did you take off the limit? Why did you vote to take off the limit? And why did you give him the second year? Why did you push it into the lame duck? Of 24 and a CNN, I've got it on Getter. They're big headlines. One January of 2025. Unlimited spending by the most radical regime in the history of this republic. Illegitimately uh, installed, I might add. Duly noted. Short break, back in a moment. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a small retail business almost $80,000. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a manufacturing business nearly two hundred and fifty grand. And COVIDtaxrelief.org just got a large distribution business almost $900,000. If you run a business, church, or nonprofit and paid your employees through all or part of the pandemic, you could qualify for up to $26,000 per employee through the government's CARES Act. But beware of clickbait or pay upfront companies who make you do the work and take a huge percentage of your refund. COVIDtaxrelief.org receives a low reasonable commission only after you receive your refund. 
And with 300 CPAs and tax experts, no one is better at getting you the maximum benefit than COVIDtaxrelief.org. Visit COVIDtaxrelief.org now because this plan expires soon. That's COVIDtaxrelief.org, COVIDtaxrelief.org. The refund examples are not a guarantee and not all businesses qualify. That's why you have to check today with COVIDtaxrelief.org. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. What is the um, what is the Hegelian dialectic? Is that it? The thesis, antithesis, synthesis. That's we don't have that here. You don't really have a dialectic of the of the movement. That's one of the theories of history, right? You don't have that here. And here's why. Um, there's no it, Biden and the Democrats are advocates for their radical policies, and we disagree with that. We disagree with that fundamentally. We think they are taking the country in this republic in a direction to destroy it. And many elements in front of us are being destroyed every day. We vehemently disagree with that. And that is what the Trump movement or MAGA is all about. We are populist, nationalist, traditionalist. And um, we believe in sovereignty. We believe in in common sense about... uh, you know, trying to restrict government and maybe even try to shrink government. Uh, but prudence and discernment when it comes to spending and particularly comes to things like uh, like the balance sheet uh, of the United States. By the way, I think we may have some arrivals telling my crack staff here. We're always in the gonzo nature of the uh, war room. We're always a little... Uh, we're always a little understaffed as we like to run. We believe in limited. We believe in limited government and limited business. So my my crack team is going to let in our special guest here momentarily. Let's just go ahead and seat him. We don't need to be fancy about this. What then are you going to do? Because that's the only question before us today. The only thing that's important is what you are going to do, and how you are going to hold people accountable. The first accountability is to get the information now and to put them on notice now that you demand an answer. And you demand some specific answers. Why? Why? What is the real meaning of this crisis in the first place? Did Janet Yellen actually ever? You know, are these numbers even accurate? And why were they not? Why was she not called or subpoenaed to come forward and actually put forward the, the cash flow itself? Why did McHenry never do that? And why was that not? Why was that not determined? Right? Why was that not done? Also, this vote, why, why did, did, when McCarthy told you that they were taking off the cap and going to give two years, why did you agree with that? Why would you agree with that? Um, why would you agree with that? Why would you do that? Okay? In, um, in, um, and you have to get an answer. Don't, don't, don't have them sell you on the appropriation. Well, we're going to get in the appropriation process. You're not going to get in the appropriation process. If you didn't stand in the breach here where you had all the leverage, you're not going to do it when you get these appropriations bills coming through. And then the Senate's going to go, we're not going to do that. And you're going to get to September, and you're going to have this huge thing, and the pressure's going to be there. Do you honestly think McCarthy and this leadership team on the evening of September 30th, with the clock ticking, is actually going to force Biden's hand to shut down the government? When they had 10 times more leverage here and they gave him everything, they codified his radical regime and not just codified it, but also gave him all the money to execute on the fulfillment of it. Do you think that's going to happen in September? If you, That's another fantasy. These are fantasies. Don't give me fantasy. 
Don't give me the tissue of lies. And these are all fan, this is all fantasy. Your historic cut and bending the curve and the, it's all a fantasy. And don't give me the out years. Don't give me the out years and the 1%. It's all fantasy. We're talking about the here and now. This is what negotiation is about, the here and now and the tools that we had. And asked them point blank, when McCarthy said we would had to do it to give him two years because we're going to be weaker next year, what does that mean specifically? Be very specific. What does that mean? What does he mean be weaker? Because they're going to be weaker. Why am I giving you more money today? Why am I giving you more support today? You're telling me you're going to be weaker. Why am I doing that? Does he agree with Biden's plan? You think the economy's going to be stronger? I mean, better shape, we're going to be weaker? Is that what you believe? Why don't you just come forward and be straightforward about that? Why don't you just say that? You ask these questions and hold them accountable because you're going to say the next step is about the primaries of these people. But first you have to get, because that will come later. Remember, there's a critical path here. You have to do that. Then we switch back to here. So you have to get to the 149. If you're a constituent of 149, particularly in many of these very rare districts, you have to go to them and say, Am I a fool? Am I missing this? Maybe there is something here. Maybe there is some. I will give you the benefit of the doubt because I've worked with you before. I've worked for you before. I've given you, I, I've, I've given you money. I've done all of this. Okay? I've done that. And um, I've done that. So maybe you have an answer. And please, but please give me the answer. I have to have the answer. I have to have the answer. And then upon that, I believe it is time. And people say, you've got, you got to have an alternative. You've got to do this. No. Because here's what I think we need to do. We need to put in high relief. This is a moment of truth. This is where we have to get down to it. This is where we have to stop kidding ourselves, right? And kidding each other. And particularly allowing them to think that you're morons and they just give you this and give you this and give you this. I believe you have to have an immediate motion to vacate. So when you talk to 149, after you hear the answer, if it still sets like it sets now, you have to put it to them. Well, you voted for it, but are you prepared to back a motion to vacate? And of the, the magnificent six and the 20 and the 30 and now the 73, that question also has to be asked. Are you prepared? Are we prepared to do what we need to do. And here's what we need to do. The motion vacates not going to work. It's not going to work. But here's what it would do. They just codified the Biden regime. They codified it. They put it in and, and, and they set it in place that they approved it. And they approve it even more importantly going forward, fully funded with your money. So if that's the case, and he did that in partnership with Hakeem Jeffries. He didn't do it in partnership with the House Freedom Caucus. He fought the House Freedom Caucus, and many people were not in the House Freedom Caucus. So in a defining moment in American politics, we need to know in June of 2023, we need to know now what is the government that we have. We know we got the radicals in the executive branch. And we know we even have a bigger group of radicals in the administrative state that underneath the kind of 4,000 political appointees, the administrative Leviathan, that we're all going to go attack now, right? You had, a, you had a chance to attack it. You choke down the money. That's how you attack it. But we didn't do that. So here's what we need to define in June in the year of our Lord, 2023, here's what we need to define. 
We need to define exactly what these parties are and what this government is. And now is a time to actually show that the unit party rules over us. That's fine. We can fight a rebellion on that. We can fight that at the ballot box, but let's define it. We need to have Hakeem Jeffries. We need to have, we need a motion to vacate immediately. So it's not going to work. We need to have the Democrats every day come up and save Kevin McCarthy. And then see if Kevin McCarthy and the brilliant leadership team of Brother Graves and Brother McHenry and Steve Scalise and his entire crew can continue to survive. At least it defines it. It defines, Steve, you're going to get off all the impeachments and you're going to get off you know, everything judiciary is doing and you're going to get off everything the, the subcommittee and the weaponization of government's doing and oversight. And boy, that's going to take time and you're going to get off all that. That's all performative right now. You don't think I wouldn't love to be covering the race situation and we wouldn't love to be having Darren Beatty and Julie Kelly and John Solomon and all these great people on here and watching the video J6 and making the case for J6? Yes, we would love it. But we can't. And the reason we can't is right now, that's the shiny toy they're trying to get to distract you. And if they're not prepared to use the leverage they've got, the important leverage they got in the moment that they have it, certainly you're not going to impeach anybody. Certainly you're not going to take on the administrative state. And yes, Ray may answer a subpoena or two and give you a little report. But you're not going to hold the Biden crime family accountable, and you're not going to have a weaponization committee that comes anywhere near what Frank Church, the liberal from Idaho, was able to get back in the 70s. This is more fantasy. And now more than ever, we must face reality. And here's the people to face it. The one thing the American people have had, and particularly the working class, what makes up MAGA, is this understanding and common sense and grit and determination, understanding of the human condition and the understanding of the taproot of the moral power of this republic. Time and time and time again. And that's what made it the greatest country on earth. Not the resources. The resources were blessed by divine providence with unbelievable resources in a land of, of insurmountable beauty and bounty. But it's always been the people, the Grundoons, the Schmendricks, right? And so that's your call. This is not Trump's going to do this. Tucker Carlson's not going to do this. Steve Bannon's not going to do this. The memory of Rush Limbaugh's not going to do it. You. It's now down to it. We're at a very defining moment. And you have to think about it this weekend is Kevin McCarthy in the Uniparty going to define it, or are you going to define it? And are you going to accept the lies and being treated like a moron? Not just to be treated a moron, they got ads up, they want you to send more money. Kevin McCarthy got ads all up here, you're in D.C., you watch these things, they got ads nonstop about his great leadership stroke of the fundamental transformation. The first time we've ever spent less money in the fundamental transformation of the direction of the country. And if you buy that, then support it. It's a free country. You're thinking men and women in a a republic of free people that we have fought now for hundreds of years on this continent, right? Of what we just honored last weekend of the honored dead that got us here, that provided all this for us. And next week, about the Normandy invasion and the D-Day and the Battle of Normandy, all of it. 
This is a defining moment. And you will define it. Not Ron DeSantis, not Donald Trump, not Nikki Haley, not Mike Pence, Tucker Carlson, Steve Bannon. You. I want it burned into your soul right now. Because it's the only way that you can begin the process of definition. Next in the world. Junk science. That's what the doctor called many of those fruit and vegetable supplements. Junk science because they use extracts of common produce department fruits and vegetables with few health benefits. Now look, I take Field of Greens because it's the whole organic fruit and vegetable, not a watered-down supplement, and it's backed by a better health promise. Each ingredient in Field of Greens was scientifically chosen to support vital organs like heart, lungs, and kidney health. Others support my immune system, blood pressure, metabolism, and healthy weight loss. I don't eat as healthy as I should. I got that. I know it. I own it. That's why I take Field of Greens. Like me, you'll probably look and feel healthier fast and have way more energy. And I mean way more energy. But your best proof will be at your next checkout checkup when your doctor says, hey, whatever you're doing, it's working. Keep it up. Let me get you started with 15% off. Visit fieldofgreens.com. That's fieldofgreens.com. And use promo code Bannon. That's promo code Bannon at fieldofgreens.com. Take action, action, action. Do that today. Your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay. Um, I'm honored, and we don't have a lot of time. we got about 30 minutes, and we're honored to have a... Uh, uh, a real hero to me, Commander Andrew Clyde, Congressman uh, from Georgia, uh, and a, uh, a, a real fighter. On the rules, the rule vote, and because the posse loves inside baseball, the rule vote was more important than actually the vote itself on the floor. The vote itself was sort of very important, but the 20 expanded to 30, 30 patriots. Mm-hmm. But I keep telling people, the pressure that was on you guys was unbelievable, and to the fact that when you stood your ground, he had to make. He basically made Hakeem Jeffries the majority leader, partnered with Hakeem Jeffries. And in the worst case, he cut. He lied. He cut deals on earmarks. Mm-hmm. I hear it's much deeper, even about motion to vacate. But we're going to get into that in a moment. Tell me the pressure that you came under, because you, you are a particular hero and favorite patriot of our vast audience of people that believe in the Second Amendment and believe in the right to bear arms. Uh, and this is a big part of our audience, and more importantly, a big part of the American people. Can you go through specifically what happened? Well, sure, absolutely, Stephen, and, and thank you for uh, the privilege of being on with you in studio. Um, first, let me just talk about the rule a little bit, all right? Um, the reason the rule is so important is because when you have um, a closed rule, which is the way this bill came to the floor, um, then you have eliminated the voice of every member of Congress except those who actually crafted the bill. And this bill was crafted in the back room, all right, with very, very few members actually involved, and the vast majority of all of us uh, excluded from the process. So no voice there, no voice in the actual crafting of the bill. And so when the bill text came out finally on Sunday evening, you know, we had the 72 hours um, to look at it, but yet it came to the floor under a closed rule. If it would have been an open rule, which would have allowed for amendments from uh, colleagues and from um, members of Congress, then you know 
things might have been different, or if it had been a modified rule, which would allow certain amendments, some amendments. Uh, but this was a closed rule. I, I offered an amendment to strip not $1.4 billion, but all of the IRS uh, advanced appropriation. All 80, all 80 billion. All, all 80 billion. Well, it, actually, it's going to end up being about 71 or 72 billion. That's about what's left, I think, um, in what is the actual portion that, but of the lot, weaponization. But a, but a lot. Right, right. It would have eliminated their, it would have completely eliminated their ability um, to hire new IRS auditors. You know, that would have been completely gone with the 71 or $72 billion um, because it's broken out in three or four different buckets. All right. We'd eliminate those buckets that were directly tied to increasing the size of the weaponized IRS. All right. So that amendment, my amendment, was rejected. Uh, every other amendment was rejected. So this came to the floor under a closed rule. They were rejected at committee. They, yeah. they, they were at rules. Yeah. At rules. Now, we're, now remember, this bill also did not go through the committee process. It didn't go through Ways and Means. It didn't go through financial services. It went straight from the back room to Rules Committee under a closed rule. That means every member of Congress, other than those actually involved in creating the bill, which was, you know, less than what you can count on one hand, all of us are disenfranchised. All of our voters, all of the citizens, all our constituents were disenfranchised because, you know, they elect us to be their voice. Our voices were silenced. This was a bad rule, a very bad rule for all America. And so the only thing you can do is say, hey, that's not per the agreement that we had, our power sharing agreement with the speaker in January. So this rule had to come down. And we had 29 brave individuals vote against this rule. Normally, you don't vote against a rule, right? You'll vote against the bill sometimes, but not the rule. But, the, but having people not vote against the rule is about power and control. That's what it's about. Because that's the most, in my opinion, the rule is where uh, they are the, uh, the most sensitive, where we actually have the most ability to change things is the rule. If the rule's bad, you know. So that's what we did. We voted against the rule. Um, that was, as people have said, a, 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 as important a vote as the speaker vote in the first week of January. It is. It was. It absolutely was. Because that was a vote that reinforced the agreement in January. And what would have happened if the rule would have come down is it would have then gone back to the rules committee. The only thing that would have happened, gone back to the rules committee for a new rule. And at that point, then we would have argued and negotiated for an open rule or a modified rule. And that's the way it should have happened. But that's not the way leadership wanted. So they went to the Democrats and they got 52 Democrats to vote for this. And, and I'm not privy to what it cost, um, but it should have they should never have done that. You know, we have the majority here. So this is a, you know, truly what you said. It's a, it's, um, it's a speaker going to the minority leader, making him the majority because leader. Because it's a Democrat bill. It is it's, a Democrat bill. Oh, my word, yes, it's a Democrat bill. Look at how many Democrats voted for it. More, I know, 16 more Democrats voted for it than Republicans voted for it. And almost one and a half times uh, the number of Republicans voted against it as Democrats voted against it. This was clearly a purely Democrat bill that Republicans brought to the floor and Republicans helped to pass. I want to talk about uh, – we'll get to your constituents in a second and how you've honored them by standing in the breach. But but the, the I heard the intensity because the humiliation he had on the floor at that moment to work with Hakeem Jeffries, to, for Hakeem Jeffries to basically save him, there was intense pressure – on this rule. Talk, talk to us about the pressure that went on 
to make sure, particularly given the, the, the vastly important work you're doing up here for the Second Amendment? Well, um, I was called about, uh, uh, about 1230 or so on Wednesday, and I was told by leadership that, um, that if I didn't vote for the rule, that it would be very difficult to bring my bill to the floor. Now, remember, the bill that I have is H.J. Res. 44. This is the pistol brace rule. This is a rule, or this is a bill, rather, that takes down the overreach of the ATF. The ATF is trying to become Congress here and create a law that they don't have the authority to create, a law that makes felons out of tens of thousands, actually millions, really, if you look at what CRS, Congressional Review, says about how many potential pistol Congressional braces. Congressional Re- Research Service. That's correct. I'm sorry. That's very important. That's Congressional correct. Research Service has said what about this? How many people, how many potential felons out there in this country if this thing's not passed? Uh, Congressional Research said that um, uh, there's anywhere from 10 million to 40 million of these braces out there. So there's that Potentially, there's that many people that would be affected by this ATF rule. Um, we're confident there's at least three million. All right, but but CRS says anywhere from ten to forty million, and that's a stunning number of American citizens, Second Amendment loving American citizens, uh, who simply want their Second Amendment rights preserved. And so, um, and I can say something from doing sure. the show, and we do uh, go out in the field a lot and, and do the show. There is, and, and the mainstream media doesn't report this. But this is at the top of the mind. This is one of the most important things in this Congress right now is that bill. Would you agree with me? I would agree with you. That is one of the most important things. That's why I have worked so hard to make sure that this bill uh, has as many co-sponsors as possible. We've got over – we've got 190 – maybe a little over 190 co-sponsors, original co-sponsors on this bill. Uh, Richard Hudson and I, he's the NRCC chair. We are co-leading this bill together. Um, it is so very important that this bill come to the floor. Um, and also, I've been working with the Democrats, too. This bill, I believe, when it comes to the floor, will be bipartisan. I have commitment from one Democrat to vote for this bill. I'm working with a couple of others that they may actually come to yes as well. So we could very well have maybe three Democrats that vote for this bill, maybe four. Uh, and therefore, it would be another bipartisan bill. In this defining moment, when you see about character and you see about morality and you see about the spirituality coming to power politics, I want you to once again say what they threaten you with. Well, I was told that if I voted against the rule, that it would be very difficult to bring this bill to the House floor. And I said, well, if that's the case, I said, then take my name off the bill. I mean, uh, there's another member that is uh, co-leading it with me. Take my name off the bill because it's not about me. Not about me at all. It's about the millions of Americans. These braces, and this is an example of one right here. These braces were made. Show people, for, particularly for the people out here who are not gun owners, why this is important. So tell us, you got a couple minutes. Explain this. This. Is a, this is a pistol brace right here, a stabilizing brace. And what it does is it goes on your arm, and it, to, to help a person, especially someone who, who is, has a disability of some sort, um, who may not have the strength in their hand or may not have a second hand, but this brace actually goes on your wrist, kind of like that, or on your forearm, and, um, and it's strapped to your forearm, and it attaches to the back of the pistol to allow you to better handle, better support, and be um, more accurate with a uh, larger pistol, with a larger caliber, larger framed pistol. 
And if you don't have the ability to support with a second hand or your other second hand is weak, you know, if you're uh, an American with a disability or if you're a service disabled veteran or something like that, then you might need or, this. Or maybe a, a woman or younger people are just first time coming to, to firearms, et cetera. Absolutely right? correct. Right. So which is why. And this is something to help people defend themselves. That is correct as well. And, and it was originally designed for a service disabled veteran. That's what it was designed for. But. Americans have found out that they are so good, they are so effective in helping them that it has become wildly popular. As I said, you know, minimum three million. CRS says ten million to forty million. Um, so, well, so, 10, 10 million to forty million out there, but it may be a th- minimum of three million American citizens would be potential felons. Because what they're saying, ATF is interpreting this now. Why do they say that's a felony to have that? Uh, they are now interpreting any pistol. Uh, that has a stabilizing brace like this attached to it as a short-barreled rifle, which is restricted under the National Firearms Act of 1934. That means that now it's going to have to be registered. You're going to be restricted to your particular state. There are nine states of the Union, excuse me, six states of the Union plus Washington, D.C. that don't allow short-barreled rifles. So veterans or, or, or Americans with disabilities that are using this brace in those states would now be prohibited uh, they couldn't even register their pistol. They'd be completely prohibited from owning it. And if they had it, again, they would be uh, guilty of a felony, uh, 10 years in jail, uh, $250,000 fine. 10 years and a decade in jail. That's correct. A decade in jail. Yeah. And that would be a federal prison. And that would be a federal prison, and they would never have their gun rights again, never be able to own another firearm. This is why when we go throughout the country and have feedback from our audience, this is a top priority, correct? It, this is an absolute top priority, you know, and um, – and, and it's disappointing that um, – uh, actually, let me, let me go back a little earlier. On Tuesday of this week, Tuesday afternoon, I was called by leadership and told, hey, this uh, stabilizing brace bill is going to come to the floor next week. You know, I, I've, been, I've been on them and uh, encouraging them, and it was, it's been delayed a couple of weeks, but I was promised that it would be coming next week. Um, now it's no longer coming next week. They've actually taken – so they, they followed through on the threat so far. They've taken it off the calendar? They have. They have taken it off the calendar. It's I no want everybody in this audience, hang on. I want to hit rewind here. A bill that would make sure that uh, folks out there, the backbone of this country, right, three million people potentially as potential felons that could spend up to mm-hmm. 10 years in the federal prison, have a huge fine and lose their gun rights forever. Mm-hmm. That's right. That bill that you've worked so hard on, they threaten you. Finally, having get to the thing, they threatened you if you voted for the rule, it wasn't going to come. And what we know now, it was supposed to come next week. It's not coming. It's not coming next week. In fact, what's on the schedule is a um, you know Save Our Gas Stoves Act, uh, Gas Stove Protection Act, you know the Rains Act, uh, Separation of Powers, um, you know Restoration Act, etc. But not the pistol brace bill. It has been removed. It 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 is not coming next week. And you know, and that doesn't hurt me. All right, as far as I'm concerned, take me off the bill. You know, um, it hurts millions of American citizens. It hurts service-disabled veterans. It hurts Americans with disabilities. Um, this is wrong. This is absolutely um, tragic that, that leadership would prioritize bills like gas stoves, which a gas stove is not a constitutional right. All right? A gas stove, this particular bill is not going to pre- prevent hey, someone. We've got to go to yeah. a quick break. We're going to come back. Commander, Congressman is with us. We're going to take a short commercial break. The CBs, they get things done. Yes, sir. Commander Clyde, next in the world.
Every day, the parallel economy grows bigger and bigger. It's powered by everyday Americans who are sick and tired of all the woke propaganda being jammed into every product they consume. Big mobile companies are no different. For years, they have been dumping millions into leftist causes, and we had to take it because you need a cell phone and probably thought there was no alternative, but there is. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative wireless provider offering dependable nationwide coverage on all three major networks so you get the best possible service in your area without the woke politics. When you switch to Patriot Mobile, you're sending a message that you support free speech, religious liberty, the sanctity of life, Second Amendment, and our military veterans and first responder heroes. Their 100% U.S.-based customer service team makes switching easy. Keep your phone, keep your number. Just go to PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon. Or call the following number, 878-PATRIOT, P-A-T-R-I-O-T. That's 878-PATRIOT. Get free activation today with the offer code Bannon. Ask about their coverage guarantee while you're there. Get the same dependable service and take a stand for your values. Make the switch today. Remember, stop giving your money to people that don't support your values. Go to PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon or call 878-PATRIOT. Do it today. Take action. ...has arrived. The new social media taking on big tech, protecting free speech, and canceling cancel culture. Join the marketplace of ideas. The platform for independent thought has arrived. Superior technology. No more selling your personal data. No more censorship. No more cancel culture. Enough. Getter has arrived. It's time to say what you want the way you want. Download now. Hello, I'm Steve Stern, CEO of Flagshirt.com, a third-generation, veteran-owned small business. I believe that the American way of life is for all of us. I'm asking you today to visit Flagshirt.com. Help keep the American dream alive. Be a flag waver. Carry a nation's heritage. Use coupon code ACTION10 for 10% off site-wide and buy a flag shirt today. Action, action, action. Okay, action, action, action. 14 June is going to be Flag Day. We're going to get more information about that. We want everybody to participate. I'll be speaking, and I think it's 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. We're going to work it all out so you can catch all of it. Congressman Clyde from Georgia. Um, this, of all the outrages I've heard, this may be the most outrageous because this is a very high priority for the people that ring doorbells, knock on the doors, put the hangers out, work the phone banks, and give the money to the small donors. They believe in their Second Amendment rights to the core of their being. And now with the anarchy and chaos that we just codified by McCarthy's bill, the anarchy and chaos, more than ever, they, they're self-reliant and they want to take care of their personal safety. That's why this thing is so important. And to know that they not just threatened but have taken it off the chart is, is inexcusable. And, but they've got an excuse. Oh, well, we're going to have the Senate deal with it first. Why is that another one of the, the, the part of the tissue of lies? Well, uh, thanks, Steve. The fact is that the Senate cannot pass a bill. 
without the, the House actually leading in the effort. I mean, this particular bill, HJRS uh, 44, the pistol brace, uh, stabilizer brace bill, needs to go through the House first because I believe we can pass it in the House in a bipartisan way. Uh, I, I know I've got one Democrat, or I believe uh, more than one Democrat, uh, that would sign on to this bill, that would vote for this bill. And therefore, we would pass it in the House in a bipartisan way because the Senate has to pass it in a bipartisan way. They don't have a choice. There's not enough Republicans in the Senate to pass it. So it has to come to the floor and be passed in a, with at least two senators, two Democrat senators uh, voting for this bill. And they're not going to do that unless the House passes it first. So You've got to so, put Tester and Manchin on notice, right, and these other guys in those, in those super red states on notice that the House passed this. That's correct, and Cinnamon as well. You know, I mean, yes. you've got to have two out of the three there to pass this bill in the Senate. It is not going to happen. But the reason I believe that they are going to this narrative now is because if you pass it in the Senate first, then that Senate bill comes to the House, and then we in the House pass the Senate bill, and it's not the House bill that gets passed. So, again, you know, it's it, – but it's not about my specific – it's not about the Listen, Andrew Clyde bill. This is gone because you voted against the rule. That's correct. And, and they're prepared to put three million minimum American citizens, I'm sure a large majority – who are MAGA and who support and have given money and worked and believe in Second Amendment rights to the Republican Party. They're prepared to jeopardize them to be designated by the ATF's rulemaking as felons to spend 10 years in a federal prison, to pay an enormous fine, and to lose their gun rights for the rest of their life. I simply cannot believe that this, that this bill has become not a priority for the House. It just shows you that um, – that, that the House has a real problem with with preserving the rights of the American citizens over, uh, you know, trying to keep their members in line. And I think that keeping their members in line is a uh, is a greater priority. And that's very very difficult. And for keeping me. their members in line, they just codified. Not just they give Biden fourteen trillion dollars with four trillion minimum of uh, of new debt. Um, but they codified essentially all the cores of his the most radical regime in this country's history. Uh, and they did so with more Democrats voting for that bill than Republicans voting for that bill. And um, Georgia and, and your district in particular is one of the backbones of this country. What, what I always ask folks, what are your constituents saying? What do, what do they say about what's happened over the last couple of days? Well, my constituents constantly tell me, don't let them take our guns. Don't let them take our guns. You know, the ability to protect their individual, their constitutional rights is the number one thing. You know, they love God. They love country. They love their guns because it protects their country. Uh, and so for me, I mean, that's one of the reasons why uh, I ran. You know, I'm a very, very staunch Second Amendment supporter. I'm a federal firearms licensee. I've been one for over 30 years. I love the Second Amendment. Uh, it's what protects the First Amendment. And if we don't fight this battle in the House right now, then it's – I don't think this bill is ever going to pass. It has to go through the House first before it goes to the Senate. In other words, uh, we have to pass it in the House and we, send it to the Senate. We must pass the it House in the House. Will. That's correct. That's correct. It must be passed in the House. Whether I'm on it or not doesn't matter to me because it's not about me. It's about the American people. But that's it's also a, not acceptable because not since you did this. They're doing that because – you voted to stop the insanity, and for being standing in the breach and having a being a profile in courage, they're they're delaying this entire thing, right? That that's what that's what the 
the the the political terrorism of the political crime here is they're prepared to make vulnerable people who are patriots and some of the best people in this country because of their maniacal need for control up here in the imperial capital. That's this this example shows everything. That's a great way to put it. It shows you everything you need to know. How do people get to you? On, you you got to follow Commander Clyde. How, how do people follow you on social media? And uh, you got a crack comms team, but I want to know your social media and, and where they go to your where do you go to your site? <laughs> Thank you. You can go to Clyde.house.gov um, to communicate with us. You can also follow us on Twitter at Rep Clyde on Twitter and on Getter as well, and we're also on Facebook. I, I want people to go to Andy Clyde's uh, Congressman Clyde's. Um, Andrew Clyde's site and get more information because next week we're then going to man the ramparts in this. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta come back there hard and people say this is not acceptable. We're not going to sit down for this. That is exactly correct. Thank you very much. Thank you and thank you uh, for being a hero and a patriot. It's very easy in this town to cave. It's my honor to Th- serve the American people in Georgia's ninth district. Well, I gotta tell you, it makes me proud to be a naval officer today. And me too. CBs all the C, people are going to do in the Navy. You got the seals running around Hollywood. The CBs make it happen, man. <laughs> they make it happen. Okay. Uh, Charlie Kirk's up yeah, two hours of Charlie Kirk. Then Jack Basobic. We're back here five to seven. Russ votes going to join us. We're going to be quite intense this afternoon. Uh, Nate Cohen at the New York Times got amazing data about young people moving right. The New York Times, Nate Cohen, I'm pretty sure Charlie Kirk, who's had a big hand in that, is going to tell you all about it. Stick right here on Real America's Voice. You've been in the war room. We'll see you back here 5 to 7 tonight. Commander, thank you very much. Thanks, Steve. We will fight till they're all gone. We rejoice when there's no more. Let's take down the CCP. For War Room veterans, you know we have been all over this supply chain issue with China and medications and the uh, active pharmaceutical ingredients. China has a stranglehold on us where there's a way to break that. Jace Medical. I got an emergency medication kit from them. The FDA just declared a global shortage of medication and warned that critical antibiotics are in extreme short supply across the United States. But you know that. Because you're a viewer or listener of this show. Now, here's the action you can take to correct. Do yourself and your family a favor and get your Jace K2 
case right now. It's a pack of five prescription antibiotics you'll have on hand for common emergencies. Just visit jacemedical.com. That's Jace, J-A-S-E, jacemedical.com. Take a few minutes and fill out the form. Your information will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medication will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. You'll be glad you have the Jace case. Go to Jace Medical, that's one word, J-A-S-E, medical.com, and enter code Bannon at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code Bannon at Jace, J-A-S-E, medical.com. You know what the problem is because you've watched the show. You can break, you can take action and break that problem by going to Jace Medical and get your Jace case today. Action, action, action. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700 thousand Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart, and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code warroom at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. Warroomhealth, all one word, warroomhealth.com. Go there today. You need, If you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today, check it out. 